The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Well, welcome in, everybody. It is a very special, quick, shortened version of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We had grandiose plans of what we were going to do in the preview mode and be looking forward to uh, talking with you about the DAZN fight cards uh, that included Devin Haney on Friday night fighting at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden, and then the other DAZN show that is in Southern California, Carson, California, the former StubHub Center, now the Dignity Health Sports Complex, that has Jaime Munguia defending his World Junior Middleweight Championship, his WBO Junior Middleweight title, and then, of course, Tyson Fury and Otto Valin fighting on the ESPN Plus top rank card in Las Vegas. Fury's second fight of that multi-fight deal with top rank against another nobody, a Swede, Valin. No, we're, we're trying to back off on calling it a heavyweight title fight because it's not a heavyweight title fight because Fury doesn't have any of the belts uh, for a heavyweight title fight. But in any event... I'm ready to do all of this, and then all of a sudden the stories of the news start changing, including including for the undercard of the Saturday Night Munguia World Title Fight involving Ryan Garcia, a lightweight contender, and his opponent getting arrested. All right, so we're ready on Big Fight Weekend to talk about all of this. So I'm going to bring in the right away the purveyor of the website, BigFightWeekend.com, the senior writer, the lead writer, the guy that keeps me straight on these podcasts. Marquise Johns is with me. Weak sauce. Uh, we're ready in the preview mode to talk about the Saturday night fights. we got to recap what happened Friday, and we got to know what's going on with this Ryan Garcia lightweight undercard non-title fight that is now apparently completely off because Garcia's opponent got arrested by the feds. It's good to have you. I'm glad you're not arrested by the feds, and you can do the podcast. Thanks, teacher, for having me out as always. And yeah, thank goodness they're not looking for me, by the way. More importantly... It's Palooka Belt Weekend, TJ, with the <laughs> WBC Mayan Belt in action in these main events. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and the WBO is often considered the Palooka Belts by uh, by premier boxing champions in that promotion. So, all right, let, let us begin, uh, I guess, first of all, with the controversy involving Ryan Garcia. I promise we will get to the main event fight in that card, the Tyson Fury fight. We'll even recap Dave, Devin Haney's win on DAZN at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden, his fourth round stoppage to retain his title. But we got to begin with this Ryan Garcia story. You have been all over this over the last 24 hours or so at the time that we're taping this podcast. On this story, Garcia, again, as I laid out, is a lightweight contender, undefeated, 20-0 from California. He was slated to fight a Philadelphia young 25-year-old contender in the lightweight division who was 10-1 named Avery Sparrow. Well, as I joked on social media, a funny thing happened on the way to the weigh-in yesterday when Sparrow didn't show up. And Marquise, fill in the blanks as to why Sparrow didn't show up and why this fight is now kaput. TJ, absolutely bizarreness yesterday. So at the Royal Inn for Ryan Garcia, which was bizarre enough in itself as a few fighters blatantly didn't make weight, Munguia had to strip down to his tidy whiteies. <laughs> and and they've, they've had everyone roll through there, and there was this awkward confusion tour for about five or six minutes after all the fighters weigh in, except, of course, for the co-main event of this with Ryan Garcia and Avery Sparrow. And all you hear everyone, even in the videos for it, all you hear is everyone in the background saying, where's Sparrow? Where's Sparrow right, at? Right. And then, you, and then you see Ryan Garcia get mentioned. They all cheer and support. 
And then there was this awkward silence where, like, even where I get, I get even Garcia didn't get the memo of uh, uh, Sparrow not being there because he wasn't there. And he was just, he, he got the microphone. Gar- the, Garcia the- got on the mic and even said, we don't know where Sparrow is. I don't know why he's not here. And so, you know, half of you might have been thinking, all right, this is part of the promotion. It's part of the show. He's going to make a grand entrance and weigh in. But then minutes yeah. go by, 10 minutes goes by, a half hour goes by, and then we find out what's really going on. Which was A.B. Spear was arrested earlier in the morning, uh, <laughs> hanging out with his buddies, going to work out, you know, trying to make weight for the fight, uh, was surrounded by the entire <laughs> U.S. Marshals at a nearby Target. <laughs> For for a <laughs> felony gun charge back in Philadelphia, TJ, I don't, I've been I've been to shop, tar- shop, shopping at Target all the time. I, right. I will admit, if you get if you walk out there with your red bag with the dot on it and you see police crews and helicopters, something must have seriously went down, right? It's not just <laughs> that you were shoplifting like some paper towels, some soft drinks, or or uh, you know whatever whatever home yeah, good you might the- need. There's probably like a federal warrant like there was in this case uh, out for Avery Sparrow and and uh, fill in the details here on the charge. And and apparently Sparrow's camp had already prearranged for him to surrender on the arrest warrant. If I understand this right, fill in the blanks on that part, please. Absolutely. Yes. So Sparrow was wanted back in Philadelphia back in April for a uh, gun and pretty much a gun charge where he he pretty much waved a gun at a woman. Uh, I think it was his, his, his spouse at the time. And what happened with that was they they had originally arranged with Philadelphia uh, Pelts, uh, Russell Pelts, his uh, his promoter, had arranged with the with his lawyer and the uh, the district attorney and the supervisor at, of the Philadelphia Police Department to arrange for for uh, Sparrow to come in on the condition that after the fight on Saturday he'd be flown back into Philadelphia on and, and uh, make make arrangement on Monday. Apparently all of that fell through, and TJ, <laughs> what happened was a miscommunication or someone. Oh, oh really? Yeah. A miscommunication yeah. of epic proportions that's got the marshals and the feds at an LA Target <laughs> taking him down. All right, so let's let's uh, elaborate a little bit. These kind yes. of things, especially with a high-profile defendant who's turning themselves in, these prearrangements are actually common. So, yes. I mean, as as crazy as it might sound. He wasn't arrested in April. He's only recently been charged, I guess, with this felony, felony yes. with a deadly weapon uh, for making the threats. And so they made an arrangement that, hey, he's going to box in California and his purse is being withheld from him. He's not getting paid. The only way he gets paid is if he shows up in court on Monday. This is the biggest payday of his career. That's the arrangement they made. And obviously the Philadelphia authorities, the district attorney's office, somebody felt like, hey, he's going to go to California and he may be a flight risk here. He may never come back to Philadelphia. So they enlist the help of the U.S. Marshals. Marshals. Was was Tommy Lee Jones and his crew from the late 90s that was chasing uh, Harrison Ford in The Fugitive and chasing Wesley Snipes in the U.S. Marshals movie in Chicago, uh, were, uh, were they enlisted to come help? Grab Avery Sparrow, the lightweight from Philadelphia, and put. Do we have that confirmed? Do we do we know if that was the case? If they were using Tommy Lee Jones, we don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you're using Tommy Lee Jones, and I don't think they caught Avery Sparrow jumping off a water cliff. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping the guy did a Peter Pan right here. He did a Peter Pan. <laughs> Peter right Pan. Here. Oh, all right. So 
So uh, obviously the the whole thing now unfolded on Friday that Sparrow is in federal federal custody with the U.S. City. Marshals to be extradited back to Philadelphia. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars of Monopoly nope. money. Do not fight in the co-main event on DAZN Saturday night against Ryan Garcia, the unbeaten California lightweight. And now we have the mayhem of would Garcia be willing to fight someone else? So Marquise, take us through that because you wrote about it on the website on Big Fight Weekend. Absolutely. So uh, during the broadcast of the Devin Haney card last night on the zone, they pretty much Chris Mannix came out and mentioned that the story of Ryan Garcia uh, through, uh, of course, this is also the same story that was also confirmed with uh, Lance Pugmire of The Athletic, saying that uh, Golden Boy president Eric Gomez pretty much stated they had a backup re- a replacement fight because they knew about this Avery Sparrow situation on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they essentially Golden Boy knew that uh, Sparrow may or may not be available for one reason or another. They, they was hoping it would be something a little more less logistical than U.S. Marshals, maybe just not make weight or something. So what happened with Eric Gomez had uh, lined up with uh, Ryan Garcia's team, uh, Romero De Nero, Romero Duno, right. uh, for the, to, to replace him in regards to to Avery Garcia having a replacement opponent. Uh, Gomez's story originally was that Garcia and his team did want to ha- take the fight because it was on short notice and is a different opponent. Of course, this would be like, if, if, on the outside looking in. Uh, Duno is, is on short notice a tougher fight in terms of weight class, because Sparrow was coming up from 126 to 135 to fight Garcia, as opposed to Duno, who's normally a natural lightweight. Garcia heard the report that Chris Mennix came out with, which was pretty much Golden Boy's side of it, saying that, hey, we offered uh, Garcia Duno, but he rejected it. And Ryan Garcia went complete AWOL and blew up on social media (laughs) regards to it, saying, hey, I did my job. I made the weigh-in. The other guy got arrested. And he was refuting Eric Gomez's story, saying like, hey, my team never heard that. I never heard anything about this. And he got to the point where even Eric Gomez himself had to backpedal right. and said, well, I want to clarify. Well, look, I mean, the promoters may have known there's something going on here, and apparently yeah. they did. Uh, and they may have wanted to convince the Garcia camp, take the other fight. Uh, Romero Duno is another lightweight contender. He is scheduled to fight on the card already. So they may have been suggesting that. Uh, or they may have been holding it back either one, but certainly Garcia's camp has every right to say, no, we don't want to fight that guy. That's not the guy we've been training for, and if he's dangerous, if he's somewhat talented, somewhat dangerous, we don't want to fight him on 24 hours' notice. That's their right. They're within their right. They are just right, and at the end of the day, TJ, I think Garcia was trying to, knowing that he had leverage on this thing from Jump Street, knowing that he may have found out at this point that's, well, no sparrow, no match, he wanted more money, and he came out and said as much that he wanted more money, and they wanted they wanted this fight to happen. Bring up back up the Brinks truck. He's been saying uh, with Garcia, I mean, that he's been the draw of this fight, and pretty much he sold the tickets to this event at the Dignity Sports Healthcare Stub Hub Arena t- t- tonight. Well, tonight in Carson, if you want me, if you want me on the card, bring 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 up back up the truck. And at the end of the day, he he waved it off because the negotiations for it fell through late last night. So apparently there is no Garcia fight, and again, this could, like a 1% chance, change at some point when you're hearing us, but apparently late Friday they decided there's not going to be a Ryan Garcia fight. Again, he's 20-0 and with 15 knockouts. He will not fight on this card. I know you wrote in one of your stories that he may end up on the Sergey Kovalev-Canelo Alvarez. That fight's now officially November 
uh, second in Las Vegas, the first Saturday in November, that Garcia may end up fighting in 60 days on that card, but apparently no Ryan Garcia on the on the card in California for tonight on the DAZN show is the latest we're getting, right? That's correct. And what's bizarre about that, and even with that rumor, it, for me, it still is like weird and what they have it's layered layered out where it's like they have him fighting on the on on the co-main behind Canelo Alvarez, which is cool and all in terms of name name recognition. But the fighter he was supposed to face on that Canelo card is Romero Duno. So we'll get back to our conversation with Marquise Johns here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. First, let me tell you that we're sponsored by MyBookie.ag. And this weekend, you can bet on anything from college football to the NFL to these fights that we're talking about, any of it, all of it, through MyBookie, and we encourage you to do so for a couple of different reasons. One, they are reliable, and they pay quickly. You bet, you win, they pay, they pay fast at MyBookie. And again, if you're looking for good customer service and 100% guarantee on your payouts, go and utilize MyBookie. And you can gamble on anything from from uh, first half lines, in-game betting for the NFL, your fantasy guys, these fights that we're talking about, including the DAZN show in California, the Tyson Fury fight on Saturday night. Go to MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, MyBookie, and find out more. And we've got a special offer here as part of the Big Fight Weekend audience You can utilize the promo code WEEKEND, and if you are listening to this podcast and you use that promo code WEEKEND with MyBookie, they will match your initial deposit. First-time user making a first-time deposit, they'll match your initial deposit up to $1,000. So you put $500 in right away, they'll match it with $500. $750, put a couple hundred bucks in, they'll match it for a couple hundred bucks. Use the promo code WEEKEND with MyBookie and gamble essentially with some of their money when you roll out for the football weekend, for the fights, for the rest of the month of September. Again, it's MyBookie, our promo code WEEKEND. They will match you dollar for dollar on your initial deposit. It is a free matching offer here up to $1,000 to take advantage of and uh, make sure that you use that promo code WEEKEND with our friends at MyBookie. I again just back to the point for 20 seconds I understand if you've been training to fight one guy and it's one day notice that you haven't had time to study him you haven't had time to spar and tactically get ready I get that and they should have the right to say give me somebody else um, in doing that so he may end up fighting uh, Duno anyway in November but no Ryan Garcia fight tonight and look these short notice things have happened all the time in in boxing I go way back I remember I've been I've been reading and watching some there was a Tampa uh, middleweight a great knockout artist he came he came to Tampa by way of Uganda named John the Beast Mugabe Mugabe was fighting in the 80s and I remember in one of his fights he was on TV all the time uh, fighting in the 1980s as a contender coming up in the middleweight division eventually lost to Marvin Hagler in an undisputed middleweight title fight there was like an 11th round stoppage where Mugabe uh, took a ton of punishment and was firing back at Hagler and uh, and Hagler eventually stopped him. Uh, but Mugabe was a great knockout artist. So the, the opponent they were going to use wasn't available. This was for a fight in Tampa where Marquise and I actually live and do this podcast, this Big Fight Weekend podcast. So I remember I, I heard this on the broadcast. They were talking about it. They found his opponent, Marquise, on, on the morning of the fight at 9 a.m. in Miami, and he had to drive drive from Miami to Tampa to get to the fight. Mugabe knew nothing about him. The guy was willing to take the fight. The guy passed the pre-fight physical, made weight, 
that afternoon when he got there, made the made the 160-pound limit, and Mugabe knocked him out, as you would imagine, in like 60 or 90 seconds, knowing nothing about him, barely even maybe knowing his name. So what my point is, it's not completely uncommon that you find last-minute opponent, and if Golden Boy Promotions was saying to Garcia's camp, hey, this guy's already on the card, this guy's somebody we're going to fight in the future, I can understand that, but at the, at the same time, uh, wow craziness with the yes. with the sparrow story of him being extradited by the feds no fight for him no soup for you no <laughs> no no money no nothing you're going back to philadelphia and that fight is off so with all of that out of the way mungia uh fighting uh patrick alati of of ghana right that's the main yes. event tonight as far as we know the feds are not involved and the u.s marshals are not involved in arresting anybody before that championship fight on saturday night in california right from what I gathered so far, TJ, is that the rest of the, the card is still available and eligible to participate in the yeah, fight tonight on, on the zone and go, at, go for Golden Boy Promotions. And what's interesting about this card now is that essentially Ryan Garcia was a draw of this card for Mexican, Mexican Independence Week weekend. Now, honestly, this card, in, in terms of style-wise, has been kind of shot. But Munguia is the main but event. But Munguia is Mexican. He's Mexican, uh, yes. speaks, you know, fluent, uh, does not speak English. He's uh, he's from Mexico. So it's it's Mexican Independence Day weekend. So you've got him and uh, he's the main event. Uh, what what kind of shot do we give a latte in this one? Uh, I, I, he's a contender. Munguia undefeated. Munguia had problems with Dennis Hogan of Australia in his last title defense, barely eking out a decision. Do we give... Uh, uh, a latte of uh, much of a chance here in the main event on the zone Saturday night. Honestly, I I don't whatsoever. And this may be one of those few fights, TJ, where Munguia has been hinted about him moving up in weight as well. And a latte, from what I've seen from him, isn't exactly the strongest of competition. And actually, I think with Hogan getting out of the way, moving up his weight weight as well is interesting. With that whole eventual rematch may or may not ever happen ever again. That honestly, TJ, he legitimately may have lost that fight. But he's still the champ, and here we are. And with Munguia facing a latte, I really want to know what will happen with Munguia. Will it be in spectacular fashion? Will it be a quick night? Will he have to box and get some rounds in with a latte? Because that's about the only chance I give a latte in this fight if it lasts longer than five right. rounds. That's about it. All right, so that's the main event. Now, speaking of main events, let's back up a step to Friday night. Devin Haney victorious in his title defense. Hulu Theater, Madison Square Garden. Give me the quick breakdown, Marquise, because I know you've already written about it on the BigFightWeekend.com website. Absolutely. Devin Haney looked at uh, a machine against Zalib Abdullah, who had no answer for Heavy Haney once the bell rang. His jab, TJ, is something of a throwback where it got to the point by about the second and third round, I don't think Zaire Abdullah saw it. And essentially, he, that led up to, let, that opened up the bag for him to open up body shots. He was throwing shots left and right on the fourth round. After the fourth round, at that point, Abdullah's corner was like, all right, enough of this. We're going to call this one off. And that was the end of it. What was amusing about that, TJ, is that now that Haney is the WBC uh, intern light heavyweight title uh, champion now he, he has the interim belt for number one contender spot etc cetera, etc cetera. his thing was he wants to fight Lomachenko and post fight he had the great name of calling uh, Loma Nomachenko because he doesn't want to fight him that's going to catch on and <laughs> Nomachenko Nomachenko why why would Lomachenko though be ducking Devin Haney I mean Lomachenko just fought Luke Campbell uh, of England, there's there's talk that he wants to fight 
uh, what is it, Richard Kami or Te- Teofimo Lopez. They're supposed yes. to fight together in New York. Is that one, keep me straight, is that one next month? Is that one in, in October that that fight's coming? Or whenever that lopez Comey fight's coming, Lomachenko supposedly wants that. I can't believe Lomachenko's ducking Devin Haney. You don't buy that, do you? No, he's not at all. Just, this is just boxing politics 101, TJ. Uh, Lomachenko won the belt with top rank. And he's, as, it may, as you may have guessed, we're going to keep it on top rank side of the fence. And he's going to wait for the winner of that uh, Comey Teofimo Lopez fight because it's the IBF title belt. That way he can unify the belts afterwards. Once he faces the winner of that Kame Lopez fight, which I think is scheduled, it's slated for December on the yeah, Crawford card uh, gotcha. at, at MSJ. After that fight in 2020, if, if Lomachenko wins against the winner of that one, he's going to unify all the belts. But the rumor has it, he's going to more likely move, move in weight classes. We'll see if he stays around for it to fight Haney. If not, he'll face him. All right. And also on the undercard, Amanda Serrano was an easy winner over Heather Hardy, correct? In the women's title fight that was on zone Friday night in New York? Yes, Heather Hardy. Uh, for actually, teaching this is one of those fights where the first two rounds of this fight, you could have made a solid case that referee Mark Ortega could have stopped uh, Heather Hardy in this fight because it, it became one way traffic and one way traffic in the worst way fashion. Serrano had Hardy on the ropes; she couldn't move around, she couldn't dodge Serrano's combo the combinations. Hardy Hardy made a better effort of it later on in the fight, but at that point, yeah, clearly it was too late. And Serrano is just a bit different animal at this point. And she wants Katie Taylor. If Katie Taylor moves up, she'll move up wherever. It doesn't matter for it doesn't matter for Serrano. Serrano said that after the fight, wherever Katie Taylor goes, I'll fight her and I'll win. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with that if that develops. All right, voice of Marquise Johns with me for a few more moments. It's the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And uh, by the way, we got another special guest that joined me earlier this week to talk the Tyson Fury Otto Valin fight from the Vegas perspective. TC Martin, you'll hear some comments from him about this Saturday night fight in Vegas from Vegas, where TC is based, uh, in a few minutes. But I got to let you weigh in on it. Heavyweight showdown. We saw the weigh in, speaking of weighing in, with Tyson Fury going full Lucha Libre wrestling mask again at the weigh in. He's clearly trying to sell this and market this, but you and I have talked before. We've written about this on the website. Most everybody believes this is going to be a one-sided onslaught by Fury, and it's however soon he wants to end it. Give me your thought, your analysis in the prediction mode before Fury and Valine fight on ESPN Plus, the top-ranked main event Saturday night in Vegas, sir. I need to know, TJ, where is Fury getting all these Mexican lucha masks from? Because these things are actually pretty <laughs> impressive. Even in terms of wrestling masks, these are pretty good. This this fight is a showcase fight for for a Fury. Otto Valin hasn't had an official contested bout in 2019. And for him, this is a, he goes to TJ from uh, Nick Bache on the Shields card to the greatness of the retired, I think we're still retired, BJ Flores, who right. was scheduled to fight him back in uh, once that was May and he, he couldn't clear he couldn't clear physicals. And now he's facing the, the I mean, take it for what it's worth, the, I'm using air quotes behind me, lineal champion Tyson Fury, which is a huge leap up. So I don't expect this to be any more different for Fury than the Suarez card, which I think is why you're seeing him wearing the mask and he may come out wearing. And it doesn't, to music. me, it's not going to do Fury any good. We've said this for months. He did this deal with Bob Arum and Top Rank and he's fighting absolute nobodies. And the, and the public sort of bought in back in June when he fought Schwarz. And knocked him out. I don't know that the public cares about this fight tonight. Gra- gradually, we'll talk to TC Martin about whether Vegas cares. I'll let you um, hear his answer in a little bit here on the podcast. So again, that's the main event. How long? A, a quick prediction from you: Does this one go to the third round? Do we see the fourth or the fifth round in this one, or is it just kind of a matter of whenever Tyson Fury wants to step on the gas and knock him out? 
Yeah, I hope not, TJ. I think this fight's going to last as long as Fury wants to get his rounds in. So as soon as about maybe the third round, like the Suarez fight, we'll see the same. We'll see the same. Ex- we're probably going to see the exact re- repeat display of what we saw against Suarez, where you'll see Fury dodge these punches like the Matrix, and then he just stops him at some point. All right, and maybe Valine lands the lucky punch. We have to make room for that after the Ruiz upset of Anthony Joshua at Madison Square Garden in June. We don't know, but it I should be t- Fury one-sided. Yeah, go ahead. I will give him t- uh, Valine credit in this fight. He is playing the role of the underdog. Granted, he's saying my ever-so-lovely word of he's going to shock the world. I'm so over that cliche. But <laughs> he, he is mentioning a, a, histor- a historical aspect. He's trying to become the first heavyweight champion since the great Ignor Johansson back in the <laughs> like, back late 50s, early 60s. Ba- Bob so, Arum has been talking all week about Ingemar Johansson. The problem is no one under the age of 50 really knows who that is until you go and look on YouTube yeah, that, about yeah, what that, that is. Yeah, that camera is kind of hard to find. <laughs> All right, so we're both interested in Emmanuel Navarrete, Emmanuel Navarrete of Mexico, Mexican Independence Day weekend. We saw him just a month ago destroy his uh, fellow Mexican opponent, Devaca, in a, in a four-round easy win or three-round easy win, whatever it was. So Navarrete is back fighting a Filipino fighter named uh, Juan Miguel Elorde, who's a WBO contender. On one month's notice, he's part of this show. He's essentially the co-main event, and we look for Navarrete to have some fireworks. This might be the most intriguing fighter on this card. I know you might disagree with me, but Navarrete might, from a world title standpoint, be more interesting here than the Fury fight um, with uh, with Valine. I don't know. We'll see. Absolutely. With Navarrete, because he's explosive, and we'll see, he's on a mission to, to, to take over the entire weight division at 122. This fight will be interesting to see how fast he stops this one as well, because he, fa- he faced Devaca, and Devaca had no answer for him. What's funny about the Devaca fight with Navarrete, TJ, he may have said it as well. The first round, Devaca landed like this nice three-punch combination to Navarrete, and he just shrugged it off and proceeded to pound him in for never two rounds. Now, before he finally stopped the end of that one. I expect more of the same with this one because this fight's on a month's notice, which usually gives you know most opponents not so much of a great, right. uh, favorable favorable choice choice in opposition with that. So I'm looking forward to Navarrete on there. The fights on this card, TJ, believe it or not, outside of this Fury Valen shenanigans, this undercard is pretty stacked. I'm a big fan also of Gabriel Flores on this card uh, mm-hmm. facing up. Miguel Esperado. I'm a big fan of Jose Pedraza facing Jose Cepedo, also in the co-main event that starts on ESPN late at night as well. Those, there's some pretty solid cards on this. There's some pretty solid fights on this card. Flores, DJ, just again, he's thing. the kid from Stockton, California, that we've seen fight a couple of, uh, of uh, times this year. And he's what? He's a 19-year-old. Has he turned 20 yet? Uh, up-and-coming American. And again, this is an eight-round lightweight fight. They're bringing him along quickly for a possible title shot. So we're interested to see what Gabriel Flores Jr. has on this card uh, as well. All right, my friend, I always love your insight. And uh, again, the the mess of the DAZN show, the Golden Boy promotion, with one of the fighters being arrested by the feds, uh, has has ruined the co-main event involving Ryan Garcia. Again, 1% chance that they backtrack and find an opponent for Garcia, but more than likely he's not on that card tonight. Jaime Munguia is defending his junior middleweight title on DAZN. And also the Fury-Valine heavyweight battle, Navarrete fighting uh, for his WBO junior featherweight 122-pound title tonight. Gabriel Flores in action. You're going to be recap. We'll preview these fights, recap them, everything, right, on BigFightWeekend.com, right? Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all things boxing, past, present, and future. I'll be writing, recapping, and uh, storing anything that develops up during the weekend for these fights. Looking forward to 
these fights mainly from the perspective of how fast they end and how fast they show up, <laughs> especially especially in the case of Fury Volley, because if, if Fury makes this fight last longer than four rounds, everyone's going to be starting scratching their heads and, and pointing fingers at what is he doing here with this. But I'll have all that for you at BigFightWeekend.com. You can also find me during these fights tweeting about it, making jokes, cracking wise. Yeah, always. With, with, uh, as always, on Twitter, at Radio. Still, t- TJ, pound for pound, my favorite ch- title Twitter handle of all time. And I will put my Twitter, my lineal Twitter handle title on the line as always. Won't find no Palooka Belt with my Twitter handle. So... <laughs> I, I, I'm willing to follow me on there if you want to see me during the, during these fight coverages. Always talking, always willing to crack wide yep. and follow you back on Twitter. He's a great follow at Week Sauce Radio, especially with the undercard fights and engaging with fans and that kind of stuff. And 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 again, you can follow Big Fight Weekend on Twitter at Big Fight Weekend. Find us bigfightweekend.com, and that's where you also find the podcast through our friends at Red Circle Podcasting. Reminder, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe to Big Fight Weekend. It comes automatically to you. We're ready in the preview mode. Let's see what happens tonight. Let's hope no one gets arrested. Maybe we'll see some spectacular fights. Marquise, thank you for the time talking with us about it. We'll be reading you all over the website, writing about all the boxing this weekend on bigfightweekend.com. Thank you, sir. Thanks, TJ, for always having me on. And there he goes, Marquise Johns with me as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Let's segue now to a guest that I got a chance to talk to earlier in the week. T.C. Martin is out in Las Vegas, has great insight on boxing. T.C. has been a radio host on and off in Vegas and in the West Coast for over 20 years, has been in Las Vegas now for about a decade, talking about boxing big-time events. We had him on earlier in the summer talking Manny Pacquiao and Keith Thurman. So he's back on with me here for some comments. I asked TC earlier in the week, you've been out in Vegas for a lot of these different fights, these title fights, including heavyweight title fights. Again, this is not a title fight with Fury, Tyson Fury and Otto Valin. So I asked TC here, what's the vibe uh, leading into this weekend? What's the vibe in Vegas? Unfortunately, right now, there is not much hype. And it is a heavyweight not really championship fight, but it is a heavyweight fight with one of the most charismatic personalities in the sport of boxing. Of course, we're talking about Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King, one of my personal favorites. This is what we're selling here. Come and see Tyson Fury because, as you know, June 15th, he came to the ring wearing what? Apollo Creed. Yes. Yes. You know, so we don't know what he's going to come out with. It, it's like wrestling. It's like it's this is the show for him right now, and this is the only thing that Top Rank and Bob Arum and Tyson Fury can sell because we know it's going to be an early knockout. You can't even bet on the fight here because the odds are minus thirty one hundred wow. right now. So that tells you what this thing's all about. So no, the general public uh, is not buying into this, and I just, I don't want to be taken the wrong way that that I'm not going to enjoy going to this fight because Tyson Fury is involved. So, yes, I'm going to enjoy it. It will be a spectacle. But to your question, is it on the, the public's mind? I don't know. Another concern here for top-ranked boxing for Bob Arum is the quality of competition because, again, nobody really knows anything about Valine the Swede in the United States. He's unbeaten, but he's an unknown product in, in this country. Is there a danger... Uh, with the quality of competition that Fury is fighting. That's what I put to T.C. Martin. You're having the fight at T-Mobile Arena, which seats 19,000 for boxing, okay? And even Canelo Alvarez, for the most part, can't even fill up that. Tyson Fury against this Hammond Igger 
it's going to be interesting. I won't know until I get into the arena, you know, tomorrow to find out uh, what they're going to do. But I've got the feeling that they're going to do what they did at the Thomas and Mack Center and basically close off the upper section. Right, right, right. Because if they leave that upper section open and they don't curtain it off, it's going to look pretty, pretty empty. I'm thinking that Tyson Fury will draw a lot of British fans like he always does kind of the way Conor McGregor does also as well, too, with the Irish fans in there for, for UFC. But clearly here, you're probably going to have, I would say, seven to 9,000 people in the building, which will still sound loud. And if they're all in the lower bowl, it'll be okay. Then we got into the ultimate end game here for Fury, and that's the rematch with WBC heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder. And TC had some insight from Bob Arum about what they're looking forward to after this fight with Valine and how soon that Fury may be back in there after that draw, the controversial draw with Wilder from December of last year. Uh, again, TC Martin giving me some insight here on the podcast. No, I think the fight definitely happens. And actually, it was a brilliant move by Tyson Fury to get signed up with, with Bob Arum and, and Top Rank because the, this is the promotional company that has been doing it forever and ever. And uh, they, they, they get the job done. And uh, they can work with other promoters. They, Bob has shown that, that he can work with those other guys. But this is Fury's way, like you said, you know, to make more money than he ever had. This thing will work with the Wilder, and it will happen because they need to fight each other. Because that is the only fight, and I underline only in capital letters, that the public will buy and want to see. And you know, with, with Fury and Bob you know, having the ESPN Plus deal, uh, and, and now, you know, acclimating him to Las Vegas. And now also he's fought on the East Coast. So it makes perfect sense here. And Wilder can only make the money if he fights Fury. The Joshua thing is still out there, but Joshua has lost his luster. We right. don't know how good Joshua is. He's a, he's a British guy. Wilder really isn't interested in fighting him anymore. And from what we've seen with Wilder versus Fury the first time, the rematch is coming. So I, I don't doubt that for a second. It's happening. It's going to be huge. It's going to be big money. It's going to be big pay-per-view. And then this fight will definitely happen. And it has to happen because there's no other money options for these other guys. And finally, prediction time. Will this one go along a little bit? Will Fury carry him some? Will he look to knock him out quickly to put on the show at the T-Mobile Arena? Uh, Again, T.C. Martin had these thoughts earlier this week. As of right now, there's not even a a round prop available right now. It'll be interesting to see what they put up. Probably maybe three and a half would be a a, a fair uh, thing. But, But here's the thing. You really don't know because you have to get inside the fighter. Now, after I talk to Tyson Fury... Tomorrow, I may have a, a, a better feel of that because certain guys like to get guys out of there. Other guys want to put on the show and they want to go rounds. So you just don't know because it's really up to Tyson Fury. It's not going to be up to Otto Wallen, Valen, Volkswagen, you know, whatever his <laughs> name is. I mean, it's not up to him. It's up to what Fury wants to do. Fury's going to win every round that they are actually going to ring the bell for. And at some point, he will drop him. Again, follow my guy TC Martin on Twitter, TC Martin21. It's the TC Martin Show, tcmartinshow.com. He had an interview earlier this week with Tyson Fury. You can hear that one on one interview on his site. 
He's got great insight into all things Vegas, and in particular boxing in this case. And we appreciate TC hopping on here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. And we appreciate you hopping on as well. Enjoy the fights. The DAZN show that has Jaime Munguia in the main event for the WBO Junior Middleweight 154-pound title. Tyson Fury, Otto Valine. That one, a non-title fight, despite what ESPN and Top Rank will keep hyping. Fury has no belts. He's not the heavyweight champion of anything until he beats Deontay Wilder or the Andy uh, Andy Ruiz, Anthony Joshua winner and wins a, a title of some kind. Uh, we'll see how long this fight goes. Will Valine give him problems? We'll find out. One thing is for sure, we've enjoyed being with you here as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Find the podcast wherever you find those podcasts and subscribe to it. It comes to you automatically. Uh, We'll be back later in the month here of September with another edition of the podcast in the preview mode or the recap mode, whenever it's a big fight. Whenever there's news like fighters being arrested by the feds or the heavyweights in action, we come your way. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me. Here is part of the Big Fight Weekend Podcast.